All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. This is your boy Carlton, CO2 Owens. Friends and family go by CO2. And I already told you guys, when I used to play basketball back in the day, they used to call me Mr. Altitude. So I go by Mr. Altitude as well, not just CO2. So, so if you want to call me Mr. Altitude, you can throw that in as well. All right, guys, before we get into today's show, we first have to keep the plate spinning and the rent paid. Take care of these sponsors. Coinseed is the app that allows you to invest in cryptocurrency all while using your pocket change. Skip the Wahala of trying to figure out online, offline wallets, and just how to even invest in cryptocurrency. Coinseed takes out all of the guesswork. Go over to the show notes, grab the link, and you'll be on your way to building a cryptocurrency empire. We also have Encrypted Apparel. Encrypted Apparel is the flyest cryptocurrency clothing line in the business. It allows you to stay fly, be fly, and cryptocurrency conscious all in one swoop. Go to their Instagram page at encryptedwear.com. Uh, well, not encryptedwear.com, but go to their username, Encrypted Gear. And you'll be able to uh, check out the new releases. Now, when you go over to their website, which is uh, wearencrypted.com, just put in crypto sense and you get a coupon code that allows you to save 10% on your purchase. All right. I, we also signed up with uh, Patreon, something that I've been looking at for some time. This is a wonderful platform because it allows fans people who consume the content to be able to contribute financially to the show. So as you guys know, we already have a platform with Anchor that allows you to do it. But if you're not familiar with Anchor and all the things to be able to make that that support donation or what have you, if you're more familiar with Patreon, just go over to patreon.com forward slash crypto sense. Remember, it's a Z at the end of the T. And... Um, Whatever you can be able to contribute to help us continue to come out with great content, we are very appreciative of that. All right, so I want to just continue on this conversation about the IEO. Um, If you haven't listened to the last two shows, we wanted to highlight the differences between an IEO and an ICO and also highlight uh, company are a successful uh, platform that used the I, the IEO versus the ICO. So we talked a little bit about shopping, which is the name of this concept that is describing its solution as a decentralized Amazon. So I wanted to get more information. And so today, what I wanted to do was have you guys listen to the voice of the CEO that talk about exactly what they do, how they do it, and how they're solving different problems with e-commerce retailing, privacy, and just putting the power back into the consumer's hands. And also saving money for the, for the retailers so they're not spending so much money on marketing things to you that maybe you just don't want to buy. So check out this 14-minute um, presentation by the CEO. Of shopping and then I'll do a quick unpacking at the end of the end of the presentation and we'll take it from there so don't move a muscle we'll be right back uh, my name is Evan 
I'm the CEO of Shopping, um, Shopping.com, and we're building a decentralized Amazon. Um, also, interestingly, we, uh, last week we were the winners of uh, the best app year at, uh, at, at Print Agenda. So, what are we, why are we doing this? Because the world of retail is broken. See, one retailer is going bankrupt a month, and we have a really good understanding of why that is occurring. 7% of retailers can identify their users across all mobile devices and platforms. 7%. This means that they don't know who the user is. By not knowing who, are the, who the user is, how can you possibly service them? And this pales in into, and these numbers tell in significance into how people are locked in the process of search. And it's time for, the, for retailers to really band together. Because this man, Jeff Bezos, is coming to eat their lunch. Um, you know, Amazon has an incredible data system. They have all the retailers in one space and one, and one shopper profile, which means that they understand your purchase history. It's not the behavioral history. Anybody who knows anything about ad tech here and about e-commerce will know that behavioral just the rewards are not there. But when you've got access to purchase history, it's amazing. When you've got access to purchase history from all the different retailers in context to a single user, you know what happens? You get an ecosystem like Amazon where 30% of the revenues of Amazon are attributable to the product recommendation bar. Just to, make, to put that into perspective, since Amazon is 30% of the revenue on the e-commerce, of, of entire e-commerce, 10% of e-commerce today comes from Amazon's product recommendation bar. Isn't that awesome? 89% of, uh, Jeff Bezos says that 89% of um, their revenue is attributable to personalization based on purchase data. So why don't retailers want to be in this space? Well, really simple. The moment they put their users on Amazon, it's not the users anymore. Amazon takes 25% off the top and squeezes your margins, which makes your supply chain completely unsustainable. Every single time you're making a sale, you're surrounded by your competitors and you have no control of your brand. They do to your, they do to your brand what IBM does to a website, when, to, a, to a company when they buy them. You just become this weird blank page. Uh, so what we do is that we take shopper verified preferences that we get through a little shopper IQ game when we onboard users and we combine it with the purchase history from all the retailers and give it to the user. So Shopping is a single universal shopper profile for the entire web where the users own their purchase data. And they have all the benefits on Amazon on every website that they go to. And when they go back to their app, they have all those other Amazon benefits plus more. How does it work? We work with the retailer to onboard their own users. So we don't chase after the, uh, after the shoppers. They go to their database and go advertise to their database. The user opts in, and then we, um, uh, our engine consumes the uh, purchase history, the SKU information, and makes them play a little game, a little shop IQ game to identify the customer. We take all that data, and now we create an enhanced profile. We then go check with all the retailers who have joined us in our system, or otherwise, you know, the people are coming on board, and we call that data in and we give it to the user. And this is the principal thing you have to understand is that we're not the owners of the data. The user is the owner of the data. And then what we do, we have a great enhanced profile, and this data is then pushed out to, the, to all the retailers. So our big question was, why, why not just make the internet into Amazon? And the purchases happen on the retailer site instead of in a centralized site where someone is controlling the users, someone is controlling the price points. It's all happening at the retailers, but the retailers know what you're buying at all the different websites. And you know why that's important? Because imagine that you go to Nike.com, right? And you look at a couple of shoes, you look at a couple of pants, you can look at a couple of shirts. And then you go down the internet highway to, Ad to Adidas and you buy a pair of pants. For 30 days, you're gonna see adverts from Nike. 
okay, for things that they don't really know you want. Imagine the bleed on the industry just from that alone. Then you buy, the, then you buy from something from Adidas, and of course, there's no signal that goes back to Nike. So, it's a really co so you can just see that this industry doesn't understand the user because they don't have total, complete access to a shopper profile where they understand what, you know, what's happening. And we provide that and put the user in control. Um, can you play the video? So I'm just waiting for a video to get played. So you can actually see over here what a shopper profile happens, what it looks like. If, can, you, can you turn down the audio? Thank you. And this is kind of, this is what happens on, let's say, a site like Jay Lindenberg, where you can see a person's logged in and they're logging onto a Just For You page, where we serve product recommendations from their inventory based on the total purchase data of a user from across the web. You can also remove items, which means that the profile gets more intelligent about the things that you don't like. And that is a signal that is five times more meaningful than actually liking something. Your size is pre-populated because we understand your size from all the, from all the different websites. You add it to the cart, you click checkout, and then you get one You can check out with Shopin, and you get that one-click checkout experience that you get on Amazon. You choose your billing information, your shipping information. There's no more filling out complicated forms anymore for across the web. You're in control of your data, so we can pass that data on. Can you go back to the presentation, please? Thank you so much. So basically, we're turning the open retail web into, uh, into an Amazon-like environment. Why do users, uh, and, and this is a real product, by the way. This is not a hypothetical product. We have almost three quarters of a million users who joined with us in 30 days from two retail integrations. We have a feeling we know what we're doing. I've had three exits as an entrepreneur, um, won a few awards, like United Nations World Summit Award. Um, my, but the real stars are my teammates. Um, Devakaraya Patti was the first and principal engineer at Priceline. Um, hired 14 years ago, and for 14 years he created Priceline. He architected the entire Priceline into the $100 billion company that you know and love today. He managed hundreds of people to achieve this. Sitting alongside him is Mike Rizzo, the VP of Engineering of Priceline for 15 years. Um, the lead engineer of Priceline as well, um, who was there for 10 years, uh, twice awarded the annual CEO Achievement Award, and um, some really other great people, including Mike Herman, um, Michael Herman was the global president of sales at Eli Tahari. So how do we get to the retailers? Because we have Michael and we have a list of 55 retailers who he personally knows, the CEO or the CMO, and we know the key decision maker to drive deals. He was also at Donna Karen, DKNY, and other amazing brands. And we're supported by some incredible advisors, every one of them who's incredibly functional in our business, including Stephen Narioff, one of the who was the architect of the Ethereum ICO, right through to uh, people like Jeff Pulvo, who's an investor in 350 startups. We have over 719,000 users from only two integrations with retailers for 30 days. And we saw a almost a 22% lift in transactions when people got the product recommendations that they loved. With Xenia, a million people were emailed by Xenia, and 130,000 people, 12% of their database joined within 30 days. And it generated $1.7 million by going to the Just For You page on Xenia and purchasing products. And this was a 22% lift in transactional conversion over users without um, shopping uh, recommendations. And with Bed Bath & Beyond, five, uh, 500,000 people out of 4 million people joined within 30 days. The interesting thing is that we have a cool feature where you can share your shopping profile with your friends and family. Well, this is pretty cool. Now I can share my shopping profile with you. You can switch on my filter and you can see the web through my eyes and buy me the products I want. 
and we saw 72,000 users onboard 65,000 other people. No surprise, by the way, because statistically, 88% of um, users want to actually have this kind of experience of personalization using their data, but being in control. What do the shoppers get out of it? An activity feed to see who's got, the, uh, who's got access to their data, and you control who has access to your data. You're being retargeted by someone on the activity feed and you don't like it, you switch it off. This feature makes any retailer who sits with us instantly GDPR compliant. Secondly, you basically have the perfect product recommendations on every website that you go to. No more hassles of search, the products find you. You go back to your, uh, to your shopping profile and you get all those Amazon benefits, such as see all your purchases from 20 different websites and be able to control the shipping and tracking and returns. One wish list for the entire web. And that feature that you can share your shopping profile with your friends and family, who knows what the return rate at Saks Fifth Avenue is every day? Anyone? Come on, there's got to be someone who's got to throw me a bone here. 10% of the back, 10% of the back, 20% of the back. 25 to the front, gentlemen in the front, 40%. 40% of what comes out of Saks Fifth Avenue every single day goes right back in. In season, 65%. Why? Because people don't know these sizes from across multiple brands, so they order two or three of the same size. We can solve that over time, which means we make the industry more sustainable, not just more profitable. Secondly, you get the presents that you want. So in gifting season, when you share your shopping profile with your friends and family, you get the gifts that you want. That decreases returns. And of course, when you buy me something with my shopping profile, it's my profile that gets enriched. So when I share my shopping profile with you, you don't buy me the thing that he bought me. This is what happens when you have all the purchase data in the hands of the user. And we built it on the blockchain, why? Because a data store this valuable cannot live in a centralized location. It will be hacked. There will be an Equifax situation and the data that we're sitting on is more valuable than what Equifax is sitting on. This is the total purchase data, all the information on the user that is not actually uh, in any central data store. So we distribute it across the blockchain so even, and it takes three keys to unlock the data. So even if you manage to hack one user, it's one user, not all the users. Secondly, it's a testable, which means that when we launch our shopping token, our shopping coin, so that retailers can advertise to the user. We understand what the purchase history of the user is and the margins and the returns. A true lifetime value understanding of the customer that's live. And you can pay for that with shopping tokens that they can redeem in stores of their choice, exchange amongst one another, and uh, that will go up in value over time. We, this is a real product. We've already built the ingestion engine. Our ingestion engine can ingest 25 million SKUs in real time. You switch us on, we've just taken 25 million SKUs, broken them, uh, inventory items, broken down, down, them down to 25 to 36 key identifiers and made them applicable to you as a, pro a profile and reserved it directly back up into the, uh, to the retailer site. The way we're dealing with our tokenization is that we're launching 1.5 billion tokens. It's a big market. We're servicing 70% of e-commerce that's out there, ostensibly more eventually. Um, we're 33% has been kept back for the company and for, uh, and for the investors and for the team. Because our reward is not how much money we raise in a token sale. Our reward is making the tokens worth a lot more. And the more that we make those tokens worth more for everybody else, and the more utility there is, the, the, that's where we are supposed to find our profit. Like a, a, a real you know, tokenized blockchain company. 33% is, uh, is being held for the sale, which is a $50 million sale. We're currently running a private pre-sale, which is over half subscribed by some incredible funds. 
I'm happy to talk to you about it. We are a venture-backed company, by the way. Um, and 33% is being held for a really interesting model. Because what we are starting to understand is this true lifetime value of the customer, where we can understand how their purchase history over time is converting into real dollars and cents. So what's backing the value of our token? The converted dollars and cents at the end of the day for the retailer. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to take the retailer contracts, instead of selling them on a tokenized model, which they're never going to come on board to, instead we go to them and say, look, you pay for API calls on to, to you know, simple SaaS model, and we're going to take the money that they're going to give us from, the, uh, from those, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we're going to purchase the tokens out of the market in creating instant frothiness and utility in the market, giving them to the retailers so that they can gift it to the users for loyalty, to access their data, to receive marketing, etc. And the users come back, they spend those tokens against their purchases along with, along with fiat, with cash, and the retailer has the option to either sit on this asset, which is constantly growing in value, that I need to burn it, it's a real asset, or alternatively to shapeshift it and exchange it down into the market and then purchase more again. So we create real utility and frothiness, not just from speculators. Uh, we have some amazing brands that we're already working with um, to bring this into reality. Um, and the, way, um, the opportunity for uh, folks over here today is we've got a $5 million private pre-sale that is closing soon. Over half of it is subscribed by some amazing funds, ranging from Galaxy Investment Partners to NEMA Capital, Passport, some really phenomenal folks. Um, and uh, we're giving a 66% bonus to your tokens on the ICO um, for, invest for, uh, for participation over half a million dollars. Below half a million dollars, 40%. And afterwards, we will go into the public resale where there's a 20% bonus on the first $10 million, a 17.5% bonus on the next, on the next 10, a 15% on the next 10, and then we go to, our, to the ICO itself. My name is Arun, and we believe in, a decent, in the concept of the decentralization, where there's no person controlling the users, no person controlling the margins, pitting you, pitting customers against one another, but giving them all the freedom of data to create that ecosystem that Amazon has on every website in the world and control and benefits in the hands of the user. I hope that you'll join me on this journey. Thank you very much. All right, so we had a chance to listen to the CEO break down their whole business plan. I mean, just listening to what he was saying, so many jewels, so many things that was so attractive about the platform. I mean, one of the things that really stood out to me was this idea that Amazon is collecting so much data, shopping data, from us, the people who are spending money on that platform. And even if I'm a retailer that's using Amazon to be able to, um, let's say, market products to you, because I'm not able to get access to your data I understand you as a customer because Amazon has all, all the information. I'm not really able to have much control over my brand. That was key. And so I think that was the major problem that they were really solving here. But more importantly, just this idea that, you know, any data that I generate or content that I generate as a shopper or as a user of a platform, I should truly own that data myself. And so the ability for shopping to allow you to create your own profile, to be able to 
monitor and 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 distribute your shopping data in the manner in which you want to do it is key. Now, during his his talk, he did start to sound a little bit techy on certain things, but just to boil it all down, it really is just a platform that allows you to have that same shopping experience as if you were on Amazon, where you're getting all different types of suggestions on what you should buy based on your purchase history. But instead of it just being on the Amazon's platform, it's on any website, any place that you are making purchases, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Walmart.com, whether it's your favorite individual retailer, you're still going to get that experience and you're going to get that history to be able to make sure that marketers, retailers know exactly how to market market to you when they're doing this, these retargeting campaigns. So it really is kind of a win-win. I mean, if you think about it, if I'm a retailer, I just don't want to spend endless amounts of marketing dollars just because I saw you bought you know, product A and I just think you would buy product B. No, maybe you don't like product B. That's why you bought product A. But if I don't know that, I don't know exactly how to target to sell you product C, that compliments product A. So it's, it's, it's definitely a win-win. Definitely, um, the, um, the presentation was done in 2017, so I'm sure now, now that we're in 2019, shopping has been able to, um, you know, gain some more momentum. I encourage you to look them up. Um, the shopping spell with S-H-O-P-I-N. And again, once, once again, this was a concept or platform or project rather that was a successful IEO because they were able to put this on the exchange. Um, I believe it was Binance and be able to raise the additional capital to take it all the way to market. So this basically closes up the series, at least for now, the IEO series. I think we're going to see more and more news come out as these IEO um, opportunities start to spring up, just like stablecoin was, was trending. I, I think we're going to start seeing IEOs trend even more as a way to kind of fill in the gap between unregulation and regulation. It sits kind of in the middle of that because if you're dealing with a verified, very uh, credible exchange such as a Binance, maybe although there's no regulation really in cryptocurrency and blockchains, projects if you're associated with a big grand um, exchange such as Binance it makes the investors feel a little bit more comfortable and makes them feel well at least I'm not going to maybe get scammed out of money for some type of phantom ICO deal that's raising money but they are not planning on even launching a product so we know at least that Binance has standards as well as some of these other exchanges so look out for more projects that are going to start titling themselves or start to incorporate themselves as an IEO. Um, funny enough, but these IEOs as well, it's not to say that you can't still do a, a, a pre-IEO where maybe you're raising some capital before you get to IEO. I have to look into the details of that because my feeling is that you're probably not getting, you're probably not raising all the capital via the IEO. Because if they were doing it that way, what would be the really the incentive, at least how I see it, for the I for the exchange to really want to get involved? Unless there's some type of unicorn 
uh, type type of project. So, uh, but that's all, guys. So look, make sure you continue to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. Whether you're on Apple or whatever platform you may be on, hit that subscribe button. Share the show with with friends and family that you think is interested to hear more about, you know, cryptocurrency and so forth. Again, we're also in the process of setting up a YouTube uh, channel. Um, that should be coming pretty pretty quickly. And also, this week, we're going to have another interview. I'll give you some more details on who's going to be coming on the show later on the week. But definitely stay tuned for that. And until next time, until we talk next time, hopefully which will be tomorrow, holla back. <laughs>